At 11, she released an album. At 18, she set up a charitable foundation. And now at 21, lyric soprano Taylor Alexander is about to perform in a short comic opera in Brisbane. She's part of the Lisa Gastein National Opera Programme for emerging professional singers from New Zealand and Australia. Taylor was also a semi-finalist in the 2022 Lexus Song Quest, courtesy of our friends on RNZ Concert. Here she is singing Signore Ascolta, My Lord Hear Me, from Turandot. Like one of her mentors, Dame Kiri Takanoa, Taylor is a commercial crossover artist singing opera, classical, pop and music theatre. Of course, opera takes, you know, so many years to develop that having the chance to actually start younger in crossover uh, and enjoy all forms of expression. I like to say that music sort of has multiple languages and crossover is a form of, you know, one language and then you have opera as well. Tell me about, because I'm talking to you from Brisbane, Tell me about yes. what you're working on over there, because this sounds really exciting and part of what's proving to be clearly a big couple of years for you this year and next year. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I'm currently uh, at the Lisa Gastein program in Brisbane, Queensland. This is an awesome opportunity to be a part of two singspiels. So the one that I'm in is Dear Hoichlike Kriet, also known as Die Verschvorenen, and Die Oppenprobe by Schubert. Uh, we spend four weeks essentially working deep diving into the music, the language, the stagecraft. Uh, you get to work with the incredible director, Stuart Maunder, um, and the conductor, Johannes Fritz. Uh, we have multiple one-on-one coachings and group sessions, and then we create this work of art that then gets to be performed at the end uh, on the 16th and 17th of December. The German language, you said it so beautifully, but I've always thought it might be one of the harder languages to sing because of the guttural nature of it. But is it a language that you enjoy singing in? Oh, absolutely. I mean, partly because of the roles that I see myself hopefully one day having the chance to do, you know, Pamina and Die Zauberflöte, arias such as Marietta's Lied. You know, I've always loved the German language so much. It can be challenging. Luckily, we've had uh, Jennifer Martin-Smith, who's the most phenomenal coach helping us and really getting into all of that detail and the thing with the German language is it you know the consonants can either hinder you and it can be really tricky or it can sort of provide support and create quite a beautiful musical line as well. I see part of Lisa's program is stagecraft so obviously coaching in the voice and I'm yeah. talking to you on your lunch break so thank you very much for that I know <laughs> it's a full I've seen your schedule it's oh, full no on. Worries, <laughs> but the stagecraft yeah. is really important and I've talked about this with a lot of our new gen opera singers Mm. really that you are Mm. expected to be actors and actresses as much as you Mm. are singers Mm. now and do you enjoy that? Oh absolutely you know it's the ability to switch into a completely different mode and really connect to an emotion. I was working with Dame Kitty earlier this year and she said Taylor you're a lyric soprano so you will spend the rest of your life you know with the dramatic tears and the heartbreak and that's a huge part of you know what's what's ahead of me essentially and even in the the you know position that I'm playing now Helena she's 
lost and, and confused and upset because her lover, you know, has, has gone off to war, or in this case, as the modern, the modern way that we've changed it, you know, to business. And it's really about women trying to break that glass ceiling. And so I'm trying to represent the everyday woman who, you know, feels all of that pain and grief. So trying to connect to that and then still sing really well and also create, you know, a space where everyone can act well and we can all bounce off each other. It's a challenge, but it's very exciting. Dame Curry, of course, has been incredibly supportive to so many of our new gen of opera singers. Did she have any pearls of wisdom, any bits of advice that you Mm. found really useful? Mm, I mean, so many things. Firstly, she's been incredibly supportive of my journey with crossover as well as we know Dame Kitty was one of the first opera singers to actually go commercial and to enjoy all forms of song and she said to me do it like it's great for your voice if you can enjoy all forms of this art then that's what you must do she also is very um, strong in terms of having a, a deep sense of confidence in yourself as a performer because what we do every day is essentially take on this feedback and this criticism about how we can improve. So you do need to find this real inner strength or a rod up your back that means that you believe in yourself no matter what, because it's not always going to be easy. When we talk about crossover, it might be useful for the listeners mm. to give some examples so they'll know yeah. the great opera numbers, the arias you, you spoke about before. Mm. But, but in terms of mm. crossover, what what else then do you love to sing? Much like Dan Kitty, you know, it's all those beautiful, Wyattas, it's the classical musical theatre stuff like Carousel, all of the, the the great things that we absolutely love. West Side Story is something I get asked to sing, you know, very often. I did a gig in Hawke's Bay just before coming to Australia, and that was something they wanted. The Prayer, you know, when I did that with Solomio at Sparkarina last year, that's the sort of thing that we talk about. It's basically opera, but you know, in some ways, slightly more accessible. And I suppose that's the challenge in opera now is how can we break some boundaries but still stay true to the art and the expression and what the composers work so hard to create? Brand new work. Is that the kind of thing you live for? Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's no doubt that I'm dreaming of doing La Boheme, of course, Musetto Mimi, you know, all of those things. But Also, there's something so exciting about really pushing the boundaries. And it's quite hilarious because the singspiel that I'm currently doing is essentially a satire on sexism. The entire basis of the singspiel is that women get left behind and that's what they're supposed to do. And the men go off to war and the women have come up with this brilliant plan that we're going to trick the men. We're going to, you know, not give them what they want. And then, you know, it's going to work out, but the men find out and it becomes this sort of domestic warfare type thing. And in, in, you know, Schubert's day, that would have been hugely challenging. And people, in fact, probably would have thought, oh, no, this isn't quite right. You're a semi-finalist in this year's Lexus Song Quest, a really hard-fought one too. Those competitions, and you've, you've yeah. got your fair share of wins as well over the years, how important are they? And, I mean, do you enjoy them? I, I've talked to some young singers mm. for whom it's kind of an essential part of building your CV and experience, but it's not the most fun they have. They'd far rather be performing. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I must say in a lot of ways I do agree. My favourite performances always are the recitals or the operas where I dive into characters uh, and the audience is simply there to be entertained and, and, and feel something. Those, of course, are my favourite. But, you know, you are right. Competitions are a huge part of building upon a career, especially in New Zealand where opera, we need that support to make it happen. 
you know, I'm looking at going overseas in the next year or so, and there's support that I have to reach out for because otherwise it's just simply not made possible. But I think if you can look at competitions as a search for your personal best and also a search to gain experience and to learn things, then I think it can be really great. And it also can be a great chance to make friends and, uh, you know, see who else is in the industry and how they're doing it. And so, you know, there's massive amounts of learning that can be done in the Lexus. I was, you know, I'm 21. I was among the youngest to be there, myself and Sarah included. So it was, you know, an incredible experience, if not also challenging, you know. I'm sure you love them all, but do you think you have more of a penchant for comedy or tragedy? Oh, that's a hard question, because I, I can absolutely appreciate comedy, but it's not particularly the roles that I'm I'm going to be given as a lyric, to be completely honest. So I can't help but say I love the tragedy, you know, Turandot, Bohem, I just, I, I think there's something so heartfelt about it that I love. Maybe I love the drama then. Your voice too, as you say, you've been singing since since you were five, recording since you were 12, only 21 now, but you've had a very intensive time of study and performance. Where is your voice at? I know the male voice tends mm-hmm. to mature a little bit later than the female voice, but if I were comparing listening to a recording of yours now to maybe three years ago, would I hear a substantial difference? Not not just technique, oh, but in your voice? Absolutely. Oh, he, oh, absolutely. I mean, even within six months, the voice, the mechanism, the body changes hugely. Uh, where I'm at now, because I, you know, I'm a light lyric to lyric, it's really about time now because, you know, mid-20s, late-20s will sort of be when the voice can completely round out and, and reach its full capacity. Um, if you were a soubrette, you might find that this happens a little bit earlier on. And if you were a dramatic, this would happen much later on. So, um, you know, I'm sort of looking looking forward to continuing the growth in my voice and allowing the full sound to really develop. That's lyric soprano Taylor Alexander. Her Brisbane performance opens on the 16th of December at Griffith University.